from maine by robert mcalman this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. this short story is from mr mcalman's collection a hasty bunch published in paris in 1922 ronald wallace arose every morning at nine o'clock and putting on his lounging slippers and bathrobe lighted the gas stove and put upon it the coffee pot replenished with fresh coffee every other morning rinsed out and given new coffee and fresh water three times a week while the coffee was coming to the point of boiling he would wash his teeth and face of late months he sometimes forgot to wash his teeth and recalling it later on in the day would be annoyed with himself he had commissions to paint any pictures he would set to work at ten o'clock exactly whether he was using a model or not if the paper house which was using a series of biblical illustrations in their advertising campaign had given him no new assignments he would sit down and read after having his coffee with bread and fried eggs his studio was a big place kept clean it would have smelled musty as the building was an old one but draperies, costumes he'd purchased, numerous art periodicals dating back as far as twenty years, lay in heaps in corners of the room, or were stacked upon chairs, trunks, or cabinets, and these added to the mustiness of the odor in his place. For the last two years he'd stopped reading light novels, stories of adventure on the sea, and of romance in gay social and bohemian art cities in Europe. The subject of religion was bothering him, particularly because of the war and many young men who went down to death, and who might better never have been born for all they got out of life, if there is no afterlife. Every time a model posed for him who would talk, or be at all interested in the subject of spiritualism, Ronald would do much more resting and discussing that subject than he would do painting not that i really accepted but you can't know you know he would state frequently as he talked my uncle in maine he's sixty-five years old and lives alone in a big house with only an old woman for a housekeeper keeps saying in his letters that i'm alone too much and should come and stay with him ha ha that's him poor old soul he's lonely and wanted to put it off on me i see people almost every week i have a model posing for me and whenever I go out to the street to buy groceries or to get fresh air, I see people, sometimes people I know. And I like to talk to just ordinary people, clerks, the newswoman, he said to his model one day, as he was painting a picture that looked like a Sunday school card illustration. It was to illustrate, with a series of others, the history of writing, and in it an Egyptian king was dictating to his secretary, who chipped out the dictation in stone. Both the king and the secretary had on flowing garments. The same model and the same bathrobe had served for both figures. Ronald was painstaking, consulting a book he had several times to be sure that he should miss none of the details of the period which he was illustrating. One can't know, though. See the design on that sleeve now, he said, pointing to a picture in the book. That's not chronological. Most illustrators are careless about such points. But after a moment's indecision, 
he painted in the design as it was in the book ronald was the kind of man particularly the kind of artist about whom it was easy to remark ineffective and beyond which it is difficult to make remarks which distinguish him a paunch of soft flesh had grown about his once slender body in the last five years his stomach obtruded his eyes were vaguely aging blue almost any bank clerk or bookkeeper past thirty-five and drooping into the fleshiness of drifting middle age could have posed for a portrait of him if the resemblance were not quite exact few people knew ronald and fewer still noted his appearance to have remarked the inactness during the course of three hours ronald would generally have told any number of strange incidents about people he'd heard about or knew somebody who knew incidents not quite explainable in a rational way i don't believe in spiritualism exactly you know but it's something to study it's in the air you know after all it's not much we understand now only the other morning i woke up thinking that my uncle was in trouble and that afternoon i got a letter saying he'd been quite ill that may be only a coincidence but you can't know what is in the dust floating about you quite generally the model posing for him had stories to add to his life is mysterious others than models are ready to discuss and question and wonder and wander perhaps well strange things do happen reality itself is often the most unreal of qualities one model however a jaded-minded being tired of discussion and wanting not to be put to the effort of listening and answering said to ronald the subject does not interest me true or untrue all the stories written up and in circulation it does not interest me there's nothing i can do about it perhaps i can do something about things more rational one world at a time for me the remark did not discourage ronald in his conversation however it was probably too apathetically spoken but if one could speak with the dead or in some way be in touch with them we are in touch with the dead dead ideas dead traditions dead moralities aren't there enough people amongst the ones called alive because they breathe to inflict their dull ideas on one why resuscitate the legion of harmless but oppressively stupid many dead beloved ones that have gone before us into that dim unknown the groping hoping sentimental naivete of ronald was hurt by the remark that one time was the last time which that model posed for him but it did not matter existence went on somehow for them both probably the dependent clutching of ronald to spiritualism for a fancy value it gave to his entity one launched into eternity with other spiritualistic entities then was a more clinging clutch as time went on there was in his hopefulness about the subject an indecision and incompetence but these attitudes typified his attitudes in general for a certain length of time fifteen years before at the art school ronald had had a certain flair for the rebellious and self-identified in painting which flair was due to friendship with men of more reckless dispositions than his own during that period he was given to scoffing at his own new england type of training 
and the narrow conceptions of morality that had been bred into him for all his scoffing however the walls of restraint were up within him possibly if he had not been given a prize in school that made him hopeful that he might later secure the prix de rome the stir of unrest and discontent with life or convention would have carried him on into further discovery but the prize was the flattering hand that petted and cajoled him back so that he applied himself earnestly to the study of the old masters well to study no doubt so that now any quality of mind or spirit that ronald possessed was in no way unique to ronald his studio was in a huge barn-like tenement on fourteenth street in the seventh avenue direction off greenwich village outside his shuttered windows people pass 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 night long and through the day in continual streams through the open shutters the beat of feet came to him tapping upon his consciousness at night as he lay in bed at the back end of his room after twelve o'clock at night the lights on the street were dim so that the streaks of light across the floor of his studio were faint and wavering by two o'clock few people would pass his window any longer when they did however he almost always heard them as he slept lightly verging on the conscious till well along five in the morning there are innumerable cats in that section of new york and the voice qualities are as various as their number is many contralto tenor minor dramatic soprano some nights after reading books on spiritualism or upon occult science ronda would put out the lights in his room and get into bed thoughts went revolving in his mind oh perhaps not thoughts questions reflections doubtings vague restless fears such times there was often added to his mental chaos the chaos of hungers in his body and his blood too for it seemed to him that a powdered drug had put a gluey taste of desire into his mouth and a sting of desire into his limbs and blood his whole body seemed itching as though cobwebs and dust were clinging to him then perhaps the cats would start their ghoulish baby moaning yowls and scampering about screeching groaning tortuously they made thumps and bumps that startled him in his half-waking state on windy nights when doors were banged back and forth and there was a general rattle in the wind it seemed as though he were resting on some insecure precipice that might give way leaving him to fall to fall to fall into some abysmal inferno into regions of horrible tragic voice brutes of prey often it would be ten minutes before he could tell himself and believe that the shrieking outside was only that of cats the clatter only that of rubbish in the wind of doors and window shutters banging because in his mind also were images beckoning and threatening playing dramas that passed in a moment seemed to him continuing through eternity dramas of desire and of denial of almost realization then collapse at last however the night would pass at about five or six as light began to come on and reality became something actual clear enough to be seen with his own eyes he would go to sleep and wake exactly of his own accord at nine o'clock he was given to be rather boastful of that that he needed no alarm clock and never positively never overslept 
whether he had work to do or only would pass the day in reading and puttering about his studio and never completed room cleanings no one could ever accuse ronald of not having regular habits if that is a matter about which there shall be accusation when he had arisen he made his coffee while it was coming to the point of boiling he washed and dressed then if a model came in he would ask the model's judgment about the appearance of a hand or a drapery or a group arrangement in the illustration he was working upon otherwise he read generally books on spiritualism or on the occult one never knows end of from maine by robert mcgullman